السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولو أن أهل القرى آمنوا واتقوا لفتحنا عليهم بركات من السماء والأرض ولكن كذبوا ولكن كذبوا فأخذناهم بما كانوا يكسبون صدق الله العظيم all praise and all thanks is only due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who yet again has given us this beautiful opportunity of gathering in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this Mubarak momentous occasion of the day of Jumu'ah. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to see many many more days of Jumu'ah. And we also make dua to Allah ta'ala that He gives us the tawfiq of appreciating this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. And we ask Allah ta'ala that He makes it such that the last day of our earthly life is this Mubarak day of Jumu'ah. Anyway, the topic that I wish to discuss today is the topic of barakat. Barakat is something that we are always aspiring for. Everyone wishes that he has barakat. And it's something that we make dua for. We hope for others also that they must have barakat. But what, what in reality is barakat? How do we define barakat? How do we establish where barakat is found? How do we appreciate and understand that barakat is present in a certain situation? How do we know? So just to understand what barakat is, sometimes in our minds, in our simple minds, we confine barakat to only mean monetary. In other words, quantitative aspects, this is what barakat is found. If I got a lot of money coming in, if my revenue is high, then I got, if I got a lot of revenue, then there's a lot of barakat. That's sometimes we think. But remember that barakat is not confined only to quantitative aspects. It's also linked to qualitative aspects. In other words, in happiness that is found in the family, goodness, kindness that's found in the community, happiness and enjoyment that is found generally amongst people, blessings that are found amongst people, blessings that is found in a certain business, blessings that is found in a home, blessings that are found amongst people, in the children, in the person's family, in the person's whatever extended family, whatever it may be, when blessings are found, all that is covered under barakat. So barakat is not only linked to money, it's not only linked to revenue. Sometimes the revenue may be low, but the barakat may be high. And on other times you'll get the revenue may be high, but the barakat may be very, very low in that particular organization or business. So what is the definition of barakat? So the definition of barakat here, thubutul khayril ilahi fi That the establishment of divine goodness in something, that is known as barakat. Divine goodness, in other words, goodness from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When that is found in anything, in that you'll find barakat. Sometimes you'll find a man who had a very short life. But in that short life, so many things he did. So many people he helped, so many, so much of welfare he did, so much of kitabs he may have written, so much of advices he may have gave, he may have left a family that is doing so much of goodness, he may have done so much of charitable works, whatever it is, in that young life that he had, he did so much of good. On the other hand, you may find a person who had a very, very long life, 
But they can't, there is not much goodness that is found apparently there. So sometimes in short age also Allah Ta'ala gives barakat. Sometimes in long age Allah Ta'ala gives barakat. Sometimes in little wealth. Look at our forefathers, our grandfathers, etc. When they came, one household, one person was working. How many people ate from there? How many people grew up? How many people got married? How many families were staying in one house? But yet there was so much of happiness and so much of barakat. Nowadays you find that in one house maybe four or five people are earning. But yet people are battling to come out from that one house. So this is what you call barakat. So therefore, if I'm taking these words, we're talking about the establishment of goodness in something. Look at this word, al-birka. Al-birka in Arabic means a pond, a mass of water that is found on land. Sometimes you get a pond. In other words, the water is not keeping it to the ground. The water is found there and the water is holding. The water is holding, in other words, that goodness of that water is staying. It's not just going into the ground and disappearing. So now that is referred to when barakat is found in something that remains. It doesn't just come and just goes away. Even after a person has passed away, you'll find that that barakat, where this barakat found, that barakat will remain in that family. You can see that barakat will be flowing. So when that money also comes, and if it comes with barakat, then that money also will remain. But if it comes without barakat, like that water just seeps and goes into the ground, that is not barakat. So al-birka is that mass of water that is found without seeping into the ground. Another word, barakatil ibil. When an camel kneels down and goes to sit down, it first goes on its four legs and then it sits. You find that when a camel sits, now it's very hard to move that camel. Very hard. And if it's stubborn, it makes it even more worse. Therefore, on a very, very windy, when there's a storm or something, you'll find that that wind actually takes the camel. What it does, it sits. When it sits, it's firm. And barakatil ibil, that ibil has kneeled, has set, in other words, has remained firm. So one of the things when barakat is found is there's firmness found. In other words, that wealth, that goodness, that blessings remain. They don't just move. They don't just go like the wind from here to there or disappear. It remains firm. So this is what you call barakat when it is found in something. So now how do we get barakat? We all want barakat. How do we get barakat? In this context that I'm speaking on in today's bayan, we'll speak more on barakat in terms of income that we've got, but two types of income. One is our trade income. Generally, most people... This is what income they have, trade income. And we all have some type of investment income. So trade income, generally a person that is in business, he's got some trade income. A person is working for somebody, that is his income, that's his trade income. A person is in some profession, that is his trade income. So one is our trade income. How do we ensure that we get barakat? There's two things that we have to be very careful of. One, to ensure the masail of business are upheld. In other words, we're selling goods. Is this goods halal? Is this goods sourced properly? And even in the masail of trade, for example, I want to sell something. Can I sell it before I've taken ownership of it? Can I sell it before I've taken possession of it? Is it permissible for me to do that? So all these masail are very important to know to get the trade right. And together with getting the trade right, there's something known as business ethics. Those ethics also have to be there. And these ethics are not something new. They're not shown to us by the West or the East. They've been shown to us by Hazrat Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi Ali Salatu Wasalam has taught us so much beautiful business ethics. We'll just discuss a few, some of the business ethics. Honesty. Honesty is something that is so important. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, At-Tajiru As-Saduqul Amin Ma'an Nabiyyina Was Siddiqina Was Shuhada. That trader that is very truthful, that trader that is very, very amanadar, he is very honest. He is a level of trustworthiness in him. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa is giving glad tidings. What is the glad tidings that he is giving? 
that this person on the day of Qiyamah will be ma'an nabiyyina wa siddiqina wa shuhada. He will be with the Anbiya alayhi musalam. What he was in the dunya? He was a trader. He was a businessman. But on the day of Qiyamah, who is he rising up with? He's rising up with the Anbiya alayhi salatu salam, the siddiqeen, those that were extremely truthful. And he was rising up with the shuhada. What a blessing. Can you imagine? What a blessing. On one occasion, Sahaba Ridwanullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'een, they mentioned after this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was mentioned, that there is no hadith that gave us so much of enjoyment like this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A person will be with whom he loves. There is no other hadith that gave us so much of enjoyment. Why? We were worried that how are we going to be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam on the day of Qiyamah when he... And, and in Jannah, when his status is going to be so high, when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that the man will be with whom he loves, we got so excited, now we knew we're going to be with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Anyway, I'm just showing you that when a person has love for the people, for these type of people, then he'll want to be with them. So that trader that is honest, he'll be with the Anbiya alayhi Imagine what a privilege, what an honor on the day of Qiyamah to be risen up with the Anbiya alayhi to be with the shuhada, those who have lost their lives, have given their lives for the be truthful. Why? Because this trader was an honest man. When he sold something, what it is, is what it was. He never says something, his marketing wasn't something else, and the product wasn't something else. He never says that this is the best product in the world, and in his mind he knew that this is not the best product in the world. He never says this thing is 500 grams, in his mind he knew it's 400 grams. He never says this thing is so many ply, when he knew it wasn't so many ply. So he was very, very honest in the way he did. In fact, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in one hadith that al-bayyani bil-khiyari ma'lam yatafarraqa The two transacting parties, they have volition, they have choice in whether they can go ahead with the deal or drop the deal. When, whilst they're still in a negotiation phase, we are negotiating, I'm saying this price, you're saying that price, we are still in the negotiating phase. So bil-khiyari, they have the choice, ma'lam yatafarraqa, until they don't conclude the deal. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said something very important. And we all want barakat. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gave us the idea and the recipe for barakat. He said, فَإِن صَدَقَا وَبَيَّنَا بُورِكَ لَهُمَا فِي بَيْعِهِمَا If these two parties, if they are honest in what they say, if the product is like that, they're saying it's like that. It has a fault, they're saying it has a fault. وَبَيَّنَا These two people, they're very clear. They're crystal clear, they're transparent. They're not hiding any flaws, you know, any defects in the product. They're being honest about what the product is. So they're truthful, they're clear and transparent in the deal. بُورِكَ لَهُمَا فِي بَيْعِهِمَا Allah Ta'ala will pull barakat in the deal for them. And then Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, وَإِن كَذَبَا وَكَتَمَا مُحِقَدْ بَرَكَةُ بَيْعِهِمَا That if these two transacting parties, they decide that they want to lie, or they start lying, and they start hiding things, that barakat from the deal is gone, it's lost, it's gone. The money may come in the account, the revenue figures may shoot up, but that barakat from that deal or the barakat in that business is gone. And remember when barakat goes away, it doesn't mean that money will just disappear suddenly. Allah Ta'ala will send different type of expenses that will come. Some accident will happen, hospital expenses will come. Some legal matter will come up, there will be legal fees that will have to be paid. Some problem with the son-in-law, daughter-in-law, brothers, partnership, suppliers. There will be different, different ways that barakat, will, that barakat leaving can manifest itself. So therefore we have to be very careful. Let us not be foolish and think that we just deceive and we're getting the deal done. Very, very important. Another thing that is very, very important is be easy going in our business. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made special dua, Bukhari Sharif riwayat, Rahimallahu rajulan samhan idha ba'a wa idha shtara wa idha That may Allah ta'ala have mercy on that trader, on that person who 
that samhan, he's easy going. When a customer is there, he's easy with the customer. He's not hard with the customer. He can see that the person is in problem, the person is in difficulty. He's easy going with him. When is he, when Nabi Alaihi is explaining, when he's with Aba'a, when he's selling, he's an easy going person. When he's buying goods from his suppliers, he's not squeezing them, he's easy going with them. He's kind and he's courteous with the way he does his business, when he orders and buys from his suppliers. And people are owing him money, he's easy going with these people. Islam said, may Allah have mercy on such a... Another thing we can do in our life to bring barakat is whenever we enter our homes. There was one sahabi that had come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he told Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that I'm in financial constraints, things are difficult, I'm finding earning hard, etc. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him, do these three things, simple three things. That when you go home, make salam and enter the home. Send salawat upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In other words, read Durud Sharif. And the third thing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him to do is read Surah Ikhlas, Kul Allahu Ahad. So make salam, salawat upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and kul wallah. It is, it is, comes in the riwayat that this person Allah Ta'ala had given him so much after that, that he would actually now start spending on his other family members. So much of money he got just by implementing this. Doing it, but doing it also with yakin. And these are the words of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Another thing we should do, if we want barakat in our lives, barakat in our livelihoods, is start the day early. Start the day early. Allah Ta'ala in one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam made dua. Allahumma barik li ummati fi bukuriha. Wallah, make barakat in the early part of the day for my ummat. In other words, sometimes we like to start business late. Start 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Person is in a profession, sometimes even later than that. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua. That, oh Allah, grant barakat for my ummat in the early part of the day. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would dispatch... He would dispatch jamaats going out in the path of Allah. He would send out the mujahideen and the troops, etc. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would send them over in the in the first part of the day, in the early part of the day he would send them. So this rawi, the narrator of this hadith, his name was Sakhr al-Ghamidi. So he, rahmatullah alayhi, he explains that he would now send his, or it is explained about him, that he would dispatch his goods, his merchants, etc. He would dispatch them in the early part of the day. Allah Ta'ala had granted him so much of wealth that he didn't know where to even store that wealth. Because of the barakat he got just by starting the day. There's one attorney, friend of mine, he mentions, he tells me that I find that by I start my, I start unlike all the other attorneys, he says I start after Fajr, that's my practice. I start after Fajr, I start my work. He says by 9, 10 o'clock when most of my contemporaries are just coming to their practices, I find that most of my work is already finished. And by Zuhar time, my table is already empty. I'm finished all my work. I start Fajr and by Zuhar I'm already finished. And yet when I speak to my contemporaries, still by 4, 5 o'clock they're trying to finalize this matter, finalize this file, do this, do that. I find so much of barakat in starting the day early. So there is a lot of barakat in starting the day early. Another thing we should do to get barakat is a person should maintain family ties. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, مَنْ سَرَّهُ أَيْ يُبْسَطَ لَهُ فِي رِزْقِهِ وَيُنْسَعُ لَهُ فِي أَثَرِهِ فَلْيَسِلْ رَحِمَا O kama qala alayhi salatu wa salam. That person that would like that he gets expansion and barakat in his risk, in his wealth, what should he do? He should maintain family ties. Keep and maintain family ties. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that if he does this, what will happen is Allah will give him barakat in his risk. وَيُنْسَعُ لَهُ فِي أَثَرِهِ doesn't want wealth, barakat. And who doesn't want a long life? Simple recipe. Simple recipe. The next thing which is very important for us,
especially in this time and age, is in our businesses, look and see what doubtful items. And this is the second thing I was talking about. You get one is trade income and one is investment income. Look to see in our businesses, what things am I selling that are doubtful? For example, if I got a supermarket, everything I'm ensuring that I'm selling is halal. But I got one shelf there that I got all magazines. And those magazines got sometimes naked ladies or sometimes semi-naked ladies got pictures. Do I need that in my life? Do I need that doubtful income to come and pollute? Remember, doubtful income or income that is haram is so devastating that it's like putting a, take a jug of beautiful sarbat milkshake, cold milkshake, take five mils of urine and put it inside. Will anybody want to drink that? Nobody wants, only five mils in two liters of beautiful milkshake, nobody wants to drink it. So like that, when we taint and we pollute our income, even by little bit of haram or doubtful, it's like putting urine and spoiling it. But even urine is not as bad as haram income. There's one incident, Qari Tayyip Sahib was director of Deoban. So he mentions uh, this incident, there was a person by the name of Abdullah Shah Nami, Rahmatullah Ali, that he was, what he would do as a, for his life income was so halal and so pure. He's into the jungle and he would cut grass and he would stack up bales of grass and he would bring it and come sell it in the town. But because his income was so pure, so halal, people would actually wait for him to come. They would even want that their animals must eat that halal grass and that halal, they could feel that ruhaniyat. Sahal bin Abdullah Tastari, Rahmatullah he says that when a man eats halal and he's careful about halal, whether he likes it or not, his limbs will go towards good deeds. And when a man eats haram, whether he likes it or not, his limbs will end up going towards haram deeds. So anyway, these people, they would like to feed their animals also this grass. He had, this person had this, this Abdullah Shah Nami from Deoban, he had this quality in him that he would sell his bales of grass for six anna. Two anna for himself, two anna he'll spend on his family, and two anna he'll save. And he'll save, save, and he'll invite all the ustads of the Darul Ulum that I'm inviting you all for a meal. This was his practice. But anyway, when he would come with his goods, people were so excited, they would wait for him from far. As he's coming with his bales of grass, they'll put their hand on the bale of grass, and whoever had their hand on the bale of grass, when he would reach the marketplace, he would sell that bale to that person. And he wouldn't sell it for more than six. That's all I want. Contentment, happiness. So, <coughs> Mulana Muhammad Yaqub sahab, Rahmatullah Ali, great, great alim, uncle of Mulana Ashtavali Tanvi sahab, Rahmatullah Ali, he would say, he'd say that when he would have this dawud for the ustads to come and eat, they would look forward so much to eating his food, because for six months after that, they could feel the ruhaniyat in the food. That you would feel like doing good deeds. You just want to do, you're being pushed to do good deeds. And you feel like doing and staying away from bad deeds. That's the effect of halal in the food that it has on a person. Then Mulan Mahmud Yaqub sahab, he mentions one incident of himself. He said, I was once invited to a dawat, to an invitation, where the food was doubtful, the income was doubtful of the person. And he says that I took one muscle, and after one muscle went down, I could perceive. Spies people, Allah Ta'ala gave them that level of perception. He said, I could perceive that there's some problem here. So I stopped eating. I didn't eat any further. He says, but for two months after that, I felt the effects of that doubtful muscle that I took. I continuously got waswasa, doubts coming, things going through my mind that do this wrong, do that, do this evil, look at this. He says, for two months I could feel the ill effects of that one muscle. So now let us ask ourselves, how many doubtful things we have got? Look at our investment income and see how much of our investment income is from doubtful areas. 
Imam Abu Hanifa, just to give you an example, we'll come to the example again. But if we look at our investment income, something that is very common in the community nowadays is people taking their money and investing it in banks. Something that we, our forefathers never did. Our grandfathers and forefathers never did. It was always a problem. Remember, I'm talking about now conventional banks. For example, our FNB, our Standard Bank, our EBSA, etc. Their system is striving on marketing debt. Their system is striving on marketing interest. Just yesterday I was looking at the balance of the income statement of Standard Bank. Just to understand how these people thrive on interest. That the biggest income item on the income statement is interest income. Hundred, one, just one, just one bank I'm talking about. Interest income, hundred billion rand for the year. Hundred billion is hundred thousand million is interest income. Now imagine such a huge scale churning out interest and Muslims, an accountant phoned me up the other day, he's telling me, it's surprising that people are now actually living off the banks. They're putting their money in the bank, they're looking and they're getting carried away by something known as Sharia finance or Sharia investing. Whereas a Muslim would never ever think of putting his money in the bank. Just for our understanding purpose to explain to you, when you got a conventional bank like Standard Bank, EBSA or First National Bank, just to explain to you what a Sharia problem lies. A Sharia window means that you got a conventional bank, the premises, operations, ownership is all by the normal conventional bank. Only thing they're doing is they're putting some products that can be marketed to the Muslim public. They're putting some products. Think of it for our easy understanding that we got Liberty Liquors. Liberty Liquors say they got a size of a, of, of, of a depot, size of macro. Every aisle there is selling liquor, but one aisle is selling cool rings, is selling juice, is selling water. So in other words, they introduced a Sharia division within that same operation, the same business, same ownership structure. Salaries are being paid by Liberty Liquors. The rent is being paid, the security systems, the hardware systems, the air conditioning, whatever expenses you think are all being paid by Liberty Liquors. Will anybody go and invest their money there because they've got one aisle that is offering halal? Nobody will look at it microscopically and say, this aisle is selling halal, so therefore we want to invest, this is problematic. But when a bank is doing it on such a huge scale, 100 billion rand is just the interest income. How a Muslim decides microscopically, I want to go because there's some Sharia products been here. Whereas if you look at the income statement, the income from the Sharia, so to speak, division is actually the income and the profit of the main conventional business. The expenses of the Sharia division is the expenses of the bank. So that's something that is very problematic. In systems, my time has already run out, but just in philosophy, understand that the philosophy of a Muslim is completely different. Different to the philosophy of a bank. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, he'd make this dua. As Aisha radiallahu ta'ala would say that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam would make this dua. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-ma'thami wal-maghram. Oh Allah ta'ala, save me from sin, save me from debts. The marketing policy employer for bank is to encourage debt. Is to encourage people that you dream it, we'll finance it. Whereas Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasalam would make this dua. His habi comes up to him and says, oh Rasulullah, so much dua you're making... To stay away from getting consumed in debt. Rasulullah sallallahu said, when a man gets consumed by debt, then he speaks and he speaks lies. He makes promises and he breaks his promises because of debt. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu was sitting with Sahaba. He picked his head up and looked to the sky. He took his hand and he put it on his head and he said, Subhanallah, what a serious matter has been revealed to me. Muhammad bin Jahsh radiallahu anhu is the narrator of this hadith. He said that we all remain silent. The next day I went and asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa what was revealed to you? He said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa replied, he said, I take an oath in that being in whose life 
Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's life is. Walladhi nafsu Muhammadin biyadiyah. Take an oath in that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if a man is killed in the path of Allah, he's given life again. Again he's killed in the path of Allah for the pleasure of Allah. He's given life again. And again he's killed in the path of Allah ta'ala. But he has money owing. This person will not enter Jannah until that money is paid off. And on one occasion, Abu Qadada radiallahu anhu says, that a janazah was brought there. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, is this man owing anything? Answer was, yes, he's owing two dinars. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refused to perform the janada. Abu Qadada radiallahu anhu said, oh Rasulullah sallam, I will pay the two dinars. So then Rasulullah sallallahu performed the janazah. Next day as Abu Qadada radiallahu anhu, he goes and he tells Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that I paid this two dinars. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, now his skin has been pulled. The Sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ibn Hajar al-Isqalani, rahmatullah alayhi, he mentions in his Sharah Bukhari Sharif, Fathul Bari, he says from here we learn, that debt is something that a person only gets into out of absolute necessity. And we look at it today, banks are thriving. Just that aspect itself to tell a Muslim, that I shouldn't be investing in here. Why should I mess my income by investing in such a thing where the income is mixed? People are marketing debt. People are... And it's against the system of Islam. Nabi Ali Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam finish on this. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that لا يؤمن أحدكم حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ That none of you is a true believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. The whole system of the conventional banks, what is the system? The system is such that the rich deposit their funds. This money now is lent to the poor. The poor must be enslaved to the rich. Sometimes a man has got a bond for 20 years. Whilst paying his bond, he's got the expenses to pay. After 20 years, he pays off the bond. And you look at the interest, is much more than the house that he bought 20 years ago. Who is enslaving who? And what Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, none of you, brother, what you love for yourself. How can the spirit of Islam ever be found in these institutes? Ask ourselves, should we be investing our money there? Should we be eating and participating from something that is so doubtful? My time has run out. Allah Ta'ala give us all the tawfiq to bring these qualities in our life. Bring that kindness, bring that courtesy, bring that honesty in our life. Begin the day early, starting early, maintaining family ties, being transparent in our businesses, ensuring that spoils our income, spoils our business. Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.